Welcome to the Bring Your Dreams Alive podcast. Are you ready to bring your dreams alive for real? Check out my Bring Your Dreams Alive audio activations as my gift at meetcoreymichelle.com forward slash gift. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bringing Your Dreams Alive as the kangaroos are hopping by my window right now, which is always so magical. So I think, Katie, this show is going to be pretty magical. And I am really excited to bring my guest, Katie Rubin, to all of you today. She is one of my favorite comedians and also multi-passionate, super inspiring, and such a like fun and also aware person to have in your life. So I feel like all of you should have a little bit of Katie Rubin in your life today. So welcome to Bringing Your Dreams Alive, Katie. Thanks, girl. Thanks for having me. What a great intro. Can you just follow me around my life and say that to everyone I meet? 100%. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Introducing Katie Rubin. (laughs) She is amazing. (laughs) Here's all the things you should like about her. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like, If our whole life was like that, what would that be like? Right? (laughs) So let's give a little context. So one of the things I love about Katie is that she has, how do I say this? She's got lots of interests and she's really good at different things. So, you know, some people call them multi-passionate entrepreneurs. And I don't know what you would call it if you have a name for like being good, like being masterful at multiple things. Like, do you have a name for that, Katie? Wow, that's nice. I like this. More, Corey Michelle, more. (laughs) I don't have a name for it. I have a relationship with it. I have like an ongoing dynamic relationship with the nature of this vehicle here. (laughs) That is complex and moves up and down and goes all around. And sometimes things are leaning in this way too heavily. And then they're leaning this way too heavily. And I can say this much, like I do well when I have the right balance for my nervous system of like a little bit of all of it. And it's funny because the way it all sort of became a thing I'm okay with and live into is that anytime I would tell myself, well, no, I'm just a this, there would be a whole chunk of energy that was like missing and I was depressed. And then I would go, well, okay, that clearly I'm just a this because I miss this thing. So I better do this thing. And then I'd be depressed. (laughs) And then I realized like, oh, if I choose both things and there's just enough of each, I'm not depressed. And in fact, it became a thing where it's like, like creative energy for me, it's like the forms that I do are so performative and extroverted that I really need the energy work and the coaching work with clients for myself selfishly, like to reach, to balance energetically. It's like taking in and putting out, taking in and putting out. And I don't know, they just balance each other. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. So let's tell everybody what you actually have your, in your, in your world to balance yourself. I guess you could say it like that. Yeah. So you've got coaching. So what does the coaching include for you? Well, so these days, you know how it is. It's always evolving (laughs) for some of us. We're changey, growy, evolvey people ourselves. So hundred percent. These days it's a lot of human design sessions with people. I teach people their basics of their human design chart. So we get in and we do an hour on like, you know, you give people an hour of human design and that gives them six months to a year of things to think about and process because it's such a rich, deep field from my point of view. And, or I open the Akashic records and answer their questions, give them guidance and direction from source consciousness. 
and or I do energy healing. So I'm that's as you know, that's also in the Akashic Records. So my version of like energy work is like I tap it, I do say this prayer, which is just words of intention that align my awareness with your soul and its alignment to the all that is. And then from there, we all the questions are available to be responded to in some way, whether the and the answer will often be given as awareness or insights or energy healing. Sometimes someone will say, should I take this job? And what I get is, okay, so there's some tightness in the low back. What's that? And then they go, I'm afraid to succeed. And then we work on that. So it's an energy healing session. So we're, we're always just following the energy and going like, what, so, oh, what really is this about? Mm-hmm. Which is one of those little magic wizard things that some of us can do. So that's the energy healing, human design, shibbity bow that that is. The shibbity bow. Shibbity bow. It's like the all in one. And I think the bigger sort of scope is that is like if we were to put a, a name on it, could be something like getting like right with you. Yes. Right. So that's right. Yeah. More and more over the years when I working with people is just, I mean, you so get this. I know we're on the same page about this, but it's anything I'm doing needs to just be getting you more you. Like it really needs to be getting things out of the way, energy healing that are blocking you from your own connection to yourself, bringing in light from the divine that amplifies your connection to yourself, teaching you your human design. So you're not trying to live as someone else. You get how you operate best in the world. The end. Like one of the things that happened for me along the journey of like doing all this stuff with people is it was very humbling was to realize a lot of years in how much projection I was engaging with, with people, like how much my coaching was based on, well, if you do these things, you'll get to have what I have, like do what I did because it worked for me. And then the humility that was born of like, no, actually like, and I, for me, this came from just really getting deep with human design and going, holy fuck, you can't tell a projector to function like a manifesting generator that'll kill them. And so like there was good stuff I was always giving all along the way, but also mixed in with some projection and some stuff that like, as you hone your skills, you really, I've realized like, okay, nope. And there's so many people now, like that's why I feel irresponsible at this point if I don't integrate the human design, because I don't want to be coming at you incorrectly, mm-hmm. let alone giving you information for you that's incorrect. Right, right. And you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but we were having a conversation I don't know, maybe it was like four years ago, I said something and you said, yeah, that's not true for me. And I went, ah, because it was a really a belief that I had. We were on messenger yeah, and it was this belief I had that, yes, we are here to do this. And I was including other people in that and right, nobody right. was agreeing, agreeing to that alignment. Right. And it was really just mine and my awareness and my energy and my desire. And you said something and then you said, hey, you should check out human design. And I went, huh? And so I actually checked it out and I did a bunch of work in it. And I've, I've now incorporated a bunch of human design into what we do as well, Yeah, which is, has been really amazing to assist people in really dialing, dialing life and who they are energetically in for them as well. So I totally get that. Yeah. So thanks for introducing me to that whole pathway. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, Katie and I have known each other for a number of years now and been through a number of different evolutions and experiences together that have brought us to this place now where 
I see you on Facebook and you, you just have flourished so beautifully with your expression and your coaching and what you're really contributing to people's lives. But then there's the next side, which has nothing to do with what we were just talking about with the coaching element. So tell us about that. Or does it? Well, it really does, but (laughs) most people wouldn't put the two and two together. Right. So I do. So here's the forms that it takes right now. We'll see what happens in 10 minutes. But right now I do professional improv with an improv company, a brick and mortar improv team. So there was a team of six improvisers that moved from Seattle to Jacksonville, Florida, where I currently live and bought a building and built an improv theater in large part because they did a bunch of research and realized there was no improv in this part of the world at all. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, we'd like to be the, only, the biggest fish, the only fish in that pond. And I was so grateful to find them. And I've been having blast. So I'm doing four shows this weekend, two tonight, two tomorrow, just 7.30, 10 p.m., 7.30, 10 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays. So my whole life, it's been like improv comedy, stand-up comedy, and then taking roles in acting jobs in people in plays. Or I do industrials and commercials as well. Industrials are like if a, a corporation hires an actor to pretend to do the like sexual harassment training or whatever. So you're like, Kelly, don't talk to John that way. Whatever. And side note, very entertaining side note. I'm going to say five times in my life, I've had people from my past send me a a screenshot in the middle of my day. I'm just like doing a day. And the first one freaked me out the most. It was my high school boyfriend, but the boyfriend that you like never want to hear from again, (laughs) 20 years later, texting me a screenshot of me coaching a woman in character on a camera, how to not sexually harass people. And he types, I work for CNN now. You are training me how to not sexually harass people. (laughs) And I was in California and he was in Connecticut. Oh my God. Well, this video, this one day job I did made its way to fucking Connecticut training this guy. Anyway, so that's some of the craziness you get into when you do industrials. And that particular job, five people over the years have been like, hey, oh my God, remember kindergarten? Here you are training me how to not sexually harass people. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. That is, that just (laughs) makes me laugh. So, because one of the things that I really, when we first met, I really just loved about you is that you just had this, the comedy, the joy, the jokes, the wanting to aliven the space that you're in and the people that you're in and, and whatever that is for you. But that's what my experience was of you was just so interesting to me. And because I didn't think I was funny. Okay. So I was like, oh, Katie Rubin, Katie Rubin's got it going on, right? Like I want to learn from her. And I remember we had one conversation and and you were giving me some structure to some jokes and stuff. And I was like, I'm just never going to like in my head, I didn't say this to you out loud, but I was like, I'm never going to remember this, (laughs) but I want to be more funny. I want to be more funny. I want to tell them, I want to be more lively in my presentations too, because I know that when you make people laugh, things get lighter Yes, and transformation can happen that way. Yeah. As well. So how do you incorporate both? How do both fill you up? Because this is a big question for people, as you probably know, that like, what do I do with all the things? Like, how do you incorporate them? How does it work together for you? I think that a big part of this question comes down to being willing to have your life be a moment by moment, new thing, like a new creation every minute. In other words, certain months of time, I have had a real need 
Like it all comes from just being in touch with myself and listening to what my body is asking to do or say or be. So if my body or my intuitive awareness is like, I want to make a show and it's some of it is jokes, but some of it is stories from my life and some of it is deep teachings. That's like my lately, my creative impulse. So I have these like solo shows that I perform that are part stand-up comedy, part stories from my life and part teachings about consciousness. And they're distinct in three sections. Why? Because that's what I wanted to do now. Like my body's like, I want to do that now. It's not just jokes and it's not just teachings and it's not just stories. It's all of that. However, in past times, I've had the need to, and I describe it as a need because that's how it feels to me personally. Like I need to talk for an hour comedically and it needs to go spiritual teaching, dick joke, spiritual teaching, dick joke, spiritual teaching, dick joke, but they're all going to be funny. And so I, I don't have, you know, people go, Oh, you're a stand-up comedian. And I cringe a little. Cause I'm like, yes. And seven other things, but sure. If that's what you need to call me right now, that's fine. Yeah. Because it depends on the day and it depends on the flow and it depends on the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, right now, this is how crazy it is. I just booked a play. My first one since pre-COVID. Oh. So excited. It's been a long effing time and it's very exciting. Very excited. It's a musical. So I get to sing. Wow. And I get to be evil lady, which is always fun to be evil lady. Ooh, we love it. I get to like want to murder some kids. Sexy. <laughs> so I moved to Florida, booked a play, joined an improv team that's like good at improv and started producing other people in stand-up comedy. So this Sunday I'm producing a show. So five comedians will perform and I'm making it happen. And then a month from now, I'm doing one of my solo shows that has stand-up and stories and teachings in it. And a month after that, I'm doing a full hour of stand-up comedy. So these days I'm just like, all of it seems to want to be happening. So whenever the impulse arises, to get back to your question, whenever the impulse arises to create a something, for me, if the impulse won't leave me alone over time, you know how this is, I've got to do it. Otherwise, I, it starts to be an energy that pulls me down. But if I follow it, it's an energy that keeps me up and happy to be alive and focused on something. So it's just better for me to listen to the impulses and take the actions. You know, it's a thing I see so many people in, in my business is people, it's just like how many people deny the impulses in their own system, resist the impulses in their own system, or hear them, write them down, think about them forever, analyze them, wonder if they should trust them, doubt them, and never take a fucking step. I would lose my mind (laughs) if I live that way. So I often, people like, oh, you're so good at doing stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm bad at suffering. Yeah. I'm bad at it. I hate suffering. The saying like pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yep. yep. I like that idea because you're going to have pain on the path toward creating anything. But do you want to suffer? I don't. Uh, so I'd rather like be busy suffering the pain of creating a show, trying to get it out there, trying to get people to see it and then doing it and being nervous. And is it going to work? And then nailing it and then having a great time and sleeping well that night. Then should I, can I, I don't know, TV, because there's a very want, want to me. And I'm not a fan of that energy of sad and depressed and what's it all about. Mm -hmm. So for years I thought, and this is, I'm going on and on, stop me if you want to stop me. But I did think for a lot of years, 
And I did need to explore the idea that all of it was pathological. I think every artist kind of goes through this at a certain point where you go, every healer too, like how much of what I'm doing here is from my fucking injuries? Am I just acting out my shit right now? And is that healthy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for, I think a lot of people, COVID was a time, people who didn't leave their houses or whatever, COVID was a time to really sit into those questions that we often feel we don't have time to sit into. 100%. Where you go, am I? Is it all just trauma? Maybe I should stop. And then stopping and seeing what that creates. I think that's 100% right about what I've also heard. I mean, I experienced myself, but also I've, I've heard from a lot of my clients and friends as well of like that time of making it so you can't do the things, at least here, like we couldn't leave Australia. We couldn't even leave the state of Queensland. There was all the fear and and that was pretty much worldwide, right? Yeah. But you're like, nope, sorry, life stops. Introspect. Yeah. Right. And even me, like I was like traveling a lot and very much focused on certain things and I had to regroup and looking at things going, why do I want to do that? Right. Why am I continuing doing that? Is this really bringing me joy or is it just what I'm used to? Right. Right. Things like that. Questions going, oh, well, now that we're sort of past that phase, I'm like only bringing back in the things that I'm like, I freaking am so excited to do that. Mm. I want to do that. I'm called to do that. Yeah. And then anything else is just going away. Yeah. Already has actually at this point. Right. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yep. I relate to that. I'm in an even another, every time I ever think I've arrived at now, I know all the things. That's another thing. People always want to be like, and now I'm done. And I myself want to be like, and now I'm done. And there is no done. It's just, you, you're dialing the, you know, we're tightening the knobs or the screws forever. And like, sometimes also like we have to have permission for it to be like, for now, here's what brings me all the joy in the world. But like I said, talk to me in two months and I'll have a different story for you. And we just, mm-hmm. rather than making that a problem, we can just go, things change a lot over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you just nailed it on the head right there of something I think a lot of people, well, obviously a lot of people deal with is their natural impulse to change a lot when yeah. the world wants you to stay the same. And our, our minds want us to say, well, if I've arrived or I've got it, I can just keep doing the same thing over and over. Right. I have a massive issue with doing the same thing over and over. Like I do something pretty well and then I'm like, oh, let's change it. Instead of like, let's make it better. I want to, I do a webinar or something and I'm like, that was pretty good. Let's change it <laughs> instead of let's make it better. And it's like, my coaches are always like, what the heck? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's where I want to go with it. Right. And So yeah, for you, what is it? I'm so curious of like, before you started having the awarenesses that this was actually just how you function and this is how you function the best Yeah, is being this dynamic. What was it like, like figuring it out? Oh yeah. I mean, trying to think back. I mean, it was, okay. I had a few things going for me and a few things that made it hard. The things going for me that made it relatively like, all right, this could be a life a person could have were, I was lucky to have a very eccentric father. Like my dad was emotionally unavailable, judgmental, critical, perfectionistic, and hilarious, eccentric, weird, and successful. So I had modeled for me as a kid, you can, he was a CEO of things and the boss and 
he had this like big conference table, like a long wooden conference table at his job when I was like a little, little kid. And you'd go in and there'd be like people in suits sitting at the, I was a kid and I didn't know what anybody, what it all was, but they were important and they had their suits on. But there'd be like a petrified piece of poop in front of one person's chair. Because he'd be like, that'd be funny. (laughs) At the next seat, there'd be like a severed head from Africa that was like on a platform that was like John Smith. He'd be like, because that was funny. And so like, he somehow just was like, I'm a weirdo and I bring funny into the corporate world. So deal with me. And people did deal with him. And so to me, like ingrained very early on was like, I mean, I think he was just such a weirdo and A, I have his genetics, but B, I was modeled. It was modeled for me that you you get to be a leader and a weirdo. And those two things are not mutually exclusive. So I was set up well on that area. That being said, my mother was a million percent the opposite direction. She was the biggest conformist. Everything was rules and structure. You had, could do it right or wrong, and that was all. And he was always wrong. My dad was always wrong. And I was always wrong. I mean, and I've been recovering from how wrong I was, according to her, my whole life. And so that was not helpful. <laughs> There's been a lot to get over because of that. Anyway, so I just, I yeah. do remember when I got to grad school. I just had a few moments along the way where like the healing stuff happened out of necessity. And I did that for myself. I was totally selfishly doing the healing thing. Healing. I didn't have the idea I was going to be a healer. I just was like, I got to fucking change this pain inside me. And so I went to all the schools and did all the things just for myself. My, my idea was I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a comedian. And then this healing thing was happening just for me. But then it all sort of alchemized into like, well, you have to support yourself while you're being an actor too. Like, and I was making money as an actor, but not enough for me to feel abundant. So it's like, well, I'll do a few healing sessions here and there, you know, and then, well, if you do a class, you make more money that way and you help more people more quickly. And I do like speaking to groups. Okay. So I'll do some classes, but I'm an actor. And then there's just like, for me, anytime there's a tension inside of me that it's like, I can't do this and that, or if I, this, I can't, that tension inside of me is very palpable and very uncomfortable. So for me, I go to work on it. I go like, well, how do we smooth that tension? What is the lie creating this tension? Because this is what we're talking about. Like the, even the idea that comedian is not a spiritualist is a lie. (laughs) It's just a lie that makes a lot of logical sense to people, which is why 45 minutes of my standup set is talking about why that's incorrect. Yeah. Why you can say dick and fuck and also talk to God and the angels every day. Yes. Yes. There's no separation between the lower self and the higher self if you're integrated and whole in yourself. So there were plenty of years where I was not integrated and whole, but I was working on it. I knew that the goal was for me, the goal. I mean, since I heard the idea of integration, which was a Jungian idea that I picked up probably in like undergraduate college, I was like, that's what I'm after. I want to be whole. Mm-hmm. And so just, I knew I was heading to that. So in the meantime, I was going to act as if like, I know that this is part of me and I know that this is part of me. So I'll do both. And maybe that'll help me get more whole. And it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that all of that is so juicy, right? Of everything you just said from your dad and your mom, that combination that really sparked the healing of all the wrongness and also the brilliance at the same time to be able to integrate that, become whole, become all of that. 
like allow the true essence of Katie Rubin to step on forward and really make a difference in the way that inspires you, but also that your those impulses. I would love to know what you think about this. And I have a feeling we think we have the same perspective, but those impulses for me are the guidance, right? It's like where I'm being led, I'm getting, it's like, hey, pay attention, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's coming from somewhere, but it's it's showing up like the little light bulb within myself that says there. But it's like, I always see it as the guidance when that impulse happens. What about you? Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think I would say, okay, this, how do I, this is complicated. In my mind, you're Aquarius, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I for, I think I thought I knew that. <laughs> no, they say about Aquarius that Aquarians show up in the body in the form awakened mind. So we like get everything in the mind. We like see it all, the vision is clear, everything, oh oneness, truth, you could be whatever you want. Got it. But then life, the living of the life for the Aquarius is catching the body and the heart up to what the mind sees already. Mm-hmm. So I relate to that very intimately. I, so to answer the question, it's sort of like for a long time, I knew that I was hearing guidance in my body, but I was also hearing a lot of misdirection. And so my aim was clear out and process and integrate everything that was creating misdirection so that I could trust the vehicle, the body's impulses. Because I intuitively, I knew if it's an impulse in you and you then you're supposed to do it. Like the universe is not trying to punish us with our impulses. It's not like <laughs> deal with this for no reason. Cause I mean, it's not like that. No, it's not. I just somehow knew that it was a kind of benevolent universe and that every pain point is an opportunity to deepen into connection with ourselves if we do the work. So I knew it, but I wasn't there. And then doing all the work sort of got me there to where it's like, oh, I can trust these impulses in my body. I didn't always trust them, but I had, here's another way I was really lucky and blessed and grateful is that I got into the 12 steps. You know this about me very early in my journey out of necessity. I had nowhere else to go and it worked for me. And there's a lot of problems in the 12 step system, but there's so many deep truths that are taught there. And one of the things that was so simple, but it's, I mean, to this day, I'm teaching it all the time and people cannot fucking hear it, (laughs) but I heard it and ran with it which is you act as if you are the thing you're becoming. Act as if. Like your language is like, live into your future self now, right? You're like, oh, I see who I want to be. I'm doing steps to be that. I call it act as if. It's the same. You go like, that's who I want to be. So now I take the steps to get there. Everybody wants to like be it before they take steps to it or something, or they want to like, know something about that for sure things are going to happen before you take steps. But I've never gotten that because I'm like, how do you think the thing becomes a thing if you don't take steps to make it a thing? Mm -hmm. It can't become a thing. It's over there wanting to be a thing and you got to until it's a thing. Yeah. The image I always get for this of what you're talking about is the Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Where he's sitting at the a big cliff, like there's a canyon or something like that. And he's at a doorway on one side and there's a doorway on the other side, but there's no way across. It's just a big, a big drop. Right. Right. And then he takes the one, he's like, got to trust and he's got to like, I'm getting to the other side and he takes the one step and the step appears. 
Right. So good. It's like, it's the in the, it's all of it. And there's the energetics, it's the action, it's the impulses, it's the surrender to what's calling you. If you want to become your future self, then you've got to surrender to so much that is potentially very unfamiliar. A million percent. The latest one, just to show people that like I can be fancy and cocky and talk about this, like I got it all covered. <laughs> but here's the latest one that's nice and vulnerable for me is ever since I moved to Florida. So part of why I moved to Florida is because I learned a couple of years ago, I got into astrocartography, which is like, so for the listener, it's like, you, if you don't know what that is, it's you can, there are astrologers who can help you pinpoint on the earth planets that are more auspicious for you. Uh, sorry, planets, locations that are more locations or planets. What planet is Katie really on? <laughs> Out here. Definitely. But anyway, locations on the earth that are more auspicious for you than others and that where the environment and the planetary alignments are actually supportive of you. What an idea. And so this woman told me, you know, there was a parallel line through Austin, Texas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Jacksonville, Florida, that was like five exalted planets for me. And I went like, Mm. hmm, I don't want to go to, I mean, Jacksonville, Florida, no thanks. But then there was all this like synchronistic shit. My sister moves here. She gets her first job out of her, out of college and moves to Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then there's my mother who I don't speak with who lives here currently. And I was like, I'm not going there. She lives there. But then like things changed and I did healing work. And then I went, I don't care that she's there. And in fact, I bet having her there will bring up some shit for me that I can clear. It sure has. And I so bet. like it all just became very obvious and the signs were pointing, but I also was very curious, what would it be like to live in a place that I, where I have five exalted planets? Huh? So I'm here and my experience of it is it's awesome. It makes no sense. It is not New York or California or Minneapolis where theater happens and all the theater is happening. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's, I'm starting all the things and running all the things. And I've never been more multitasking in my life. I've never been more spread thin, which they tell you never do that. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never felt better. Wow. That is so cool. I didn't do any astrocartography before I moved to Australia, but I was very called to be here. And yeah. after I looked, it was a couple of years ago, I looked and there was some really good line, whoever I was talking to said, and it was about relationships, I think. And I went, wow, because I met Ben here. And then other relationships that were really incongruent just started dissolving. Yeah. And there's this integrity that came to my life that now relationships for me are just all about integrity, all about the contribution that we get to be with each other. And so I'm 100% am all up in that stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. And amazing how you plop yourself in one little place and then all of a sudden things work. I mean, that's also a humbling piece for me because I think I know in my earlier years, I would have thought I needed to believe that I was like at cause for everything. And I, me, I choose it. I'm not a victim. Nothing's going to stop me. And there's a part of, there's a piece of truth in that, but there's also a piece of like defensive delusional arrogance in it, which is to say that like the idea that I don't need help is crazy. Like the idea that like, it wouldn't be better to be in a place where the planets help me out and like magic happens here. Like I just couldn't surrender when I was younger to the idea that like, 
certain places work and certain places don't. And that's okay. That's, you're not a failure because you need help or because <laughs> the universe, because you need help, because you need people, whatever. So anyway, that's just a nice thing to, it's not, I don't know if you find this, but getting older, I'm a big fan of it. Surrendering? Surrender. It's just so much. It's just like, I'd so much rather just go, yes, to sure. hundred percent. It's so much easier. And it's like, I've found too, like after I started to hit, I hit 40, there was this unraveling, a deeper unraveling of ego that yeah. I thought I had my ego handled. And then I went, oh man, there's, you know, of course there's always more like you were saying before. Yeah. And it was like, oh, 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 now it's like, all right, just show me where I'm supposed to be. Show me what I'm supposed to do. I even am like, show me what action to take. Show me what's available. I'm just like, Okay, I don't have to know anything really. I can surrender all of it and I will be shown all of it. I will know exactly what to do. I will follow my impulses and life just gets better and better. And when it's not like what you said, then it's like, all right, what's going on here? Right? No, something is misaligned there. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So, Katie, tell listeners what kind of people love working with you and you love working with? That's a great question. I like working with people who already down the path a bit. They've done a bunch of work. They know some stuff. They're tapped into the energetic awareness of things. They're like, okay, the divine is a thing or consciousness is a thing, whatever words they like, but they've got a something they can't seem to unravel on their own so that then I get to show them their chart, their human design. And then we do some energy work and then poof, 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 they're good. Like that's my favorite kind of person to work with. The other kind I like is People who maybe need longer than that, they got a bunch of stuff to unravel and they have a a bunch of things, trauma, whatever it might be. So they come to class and they show up time after time and they do it piece by piece by piece. And we both, me and the client, get to experience like, wow, you unraveled that and it led to now you can unravel this, which leads to now you can't thing by thing by thing. Those are, I also love those people. So it doesn't have to be like, you're so good at clearing stuff, but it's more like, are you willing? Are you open? And do you stick to it? That's all. And can you handle an F-bomb from time to time? (laughs) If you can't, I am not the right lady for you. And that's okay. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Nobody's wrong. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Katie, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So if you're looking for any of that, the healing stuff, it's katierubin.com. So that's K-A-T-I-E-R-U-B-I-N.com. And then if you're curious about shows and stuff, it's katierubinonstage.com. And we have a, I have a new thing on Facebook called, we just did it like you were always launching something. It's called, oh yeah, True Story Studios. Oh. And that'll be the production company through which I produce the storytelling events, stand-up comedy shows and solo shows, some of which will be me performing and some of which will be me hiring people to perform. Fantastic. Story Studios on the Book of Face. On the Book of Face. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your brilliance of bringing your dreams alive. So appreciate you. And you're the best. You are the best. All right, go (laughs) ahead and connect with Katie and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bring Your Dreams Alive. Now, if you're someone who would like to turn your desires into reality and know how to create anything at any time, 
to have energetic self-mastery to tap into your 5D consciousness and bring those dreams alive, check out my latest webinar where I share all the secrets on how to shift your mindset and your consciousness so that you can confidently bring your dreams alive, even if you've been feeling stuck or blocked. Check it out today at meetcoreymichelle.com forward slash webinar.